You're listening to the Mind Your Own Revisions podcast, episode 18. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Revisions podcast, where it's all about preventing and overcoming burnout in academia, as well as fostering mental and emotional well-being. I'm Özgün Unver, your host, burnout and well-being coach for academics. My mission is to inspire, educate, and empower you on your quest to find true and lasting resilience and fulfillment, both in your work and in your life. Let's dive in. Hello, dear academics, ex-academics, all talks. Greetings from Belgium. It's been a long time since I recorded a podcast episode on my own and I kind of missed it. So here we are on a Mayor podcast episode without a guest this time, but with, I believe, an important and interesting topic that we all need to talk about. And today I'd like to talk to you about being a part of the solution, the solution to the mentally ill health we are collectively suffering from as academics, the solution to the mental dis-ease we are battling with, the solution to the burnout pandemic we are drowning in. Of course, this is not only uh, related to academics only in this day and age. The big part of the society is suffering Uh, But I particularly want to talk about what we are going through as academics and how we can be a part of the solution. Because as scientists, researchers, academics, we simply deserve better. We deserve well-being, mentally, emotionally, physically, socially, occupationally, well-being. And of course, once you say, quote unquote, being a part of the solution, the other end of the spectrum comes to mind, which is being a part of the problem, right? And what is being a part of the problem? Well, obviously, oppressing your juniors, if you're in a more senior position, is being a part of the problem knowingly withholding information with regard to the career realities PhD researchers and postdocs will face is being a part of the problem. Ignoring the mental health and burnout pandemic we are dealing with right now is also being a part of the problem, in my opinion. Mind you, I didn't say not knowing about it is a problem. But knowing it, seeing the evidence, hearing the anecdotes, and then completely ignoring it and acting as if it's not going on, that is being a part of the problem, unfortunately. And especially if you have the decision-making power and you're closing your eyes to others' suffering, this is being a part of the problem as well. And then we have the neutral zone. Well, knowing about it, but staying silent for 
various reasons. Most of these reasons have to do with fear. Fear of losing one's job, fear of losing one's reputation, fear of being judged. And unfortunately, there is indeed a lot of judgment around not taking action as well. And I'm not okay with that. I'm not someone who will tell you that if you're not a part, uh, that if you are not a part of the solution, you're a part of the problem. There is a time and place for everything. And there is only so much energy and bandwidth we have and only so much we can do. So absolutely no judgment here if you are choosing to stay silent for whatever reason. Though, if you're in a decision-making power position, that's not applied to you, obviously. And then finally, you have the solution zone, trying to do something about the situation that you see day in and day out and you don't agree with. Doing something, anything to raise awareness, to educate, to empower, to advocate for. And there is just so much we can do. This podcast aims to bring that being a part of the solution part into the spotlight for the ones who have the energy, the bandwidth and the courage. For the ones for the ones who are willing to take this issue on as a cause among hundreds of other causes we need advocacy for, obviously. So what inspired me, first of all, to to record this episode? Last week, I participated in the Remo Ambassador Training Program. And the Remo stands for the Researcher Mental Health Observatory. It's an EU-funded uh, research slash um, how to call that maybe ambassadorship or action taking uh, project bringing together the theory and practice regarding academic researchers mental well-being and Remo has been active for the past two years and now we are able to see the project outcomes and all their work coming to fruition. And two weeks ago, they organized a training for mental health ambassadors in academia from all around the world. It was a four day long learning, sharing and brainstorming about what we can do as mental health ambassadors for the mental well-being of researchers at every level from PhD to faculty. And I met so many academics who are working to make academia a more mental health friendly place in various ways. And thanks to this meeting, my horizon expanded to such a level that I see so much more to be done so many different ways in order to help make academia a happier and healthier place. And I was also obviously inspired to record this podcast on how people can become a part of the solution when it comes to raising awareness and fighting stigma around mental health and burnout in academia. 
There are lots of things that we can do to change the status quo, no matter how big or small. And if you don't know where to start or what to do as regards to supporting this cause, listen on. Without further ado, here we go. So for the ones who want to be a part of the solution, here are some ideas. Number one, volunteer. There are many organizations now around the world that work towards improving the mental health of academic researchers. One of the biggest and most active organizations that I know is Dragonfly Mental Health. I got to know about this organization uh, some time ago, but I got to listen to a presentation from them for the first time during the Remo Ambassador Training. And I believe that it's really impressive what Dragonfly achieved in a matter of a few short years. Dragonfly's mission is to cultivate excellent mental health among academics worldwide. They have an informative website and they also have a YouTube channel with so many resources. So you can start from there. And Let's say you want to volunteer with them. How can you do it? Well, you can do all kinds of things. You can help them with research, fundraising, communication, consulting, administration, or even long-term strategic planning. This organization may be the right setting for you if you want to work with others and deliver support where it's needed. And of course, there are other non-profit organizations or platforms where you can volunteer. There are other ways. And why not start a movement in your university or in your country? Raise awareness about mental health. Raise awareness about burnout. Fight the stigma. PhD students have a six to eight times higher risk of struggling with severe depression and anxiety than the general population. Can you believe that? According to a publication from 2018, 18, mind you, before the pandemic, by Evans et al. in a journal called Nature Biotechnology, 21% of graduate students meet the criteria for moderate to severe anxiety and 39% of graduate students meet the criteria for moderate to severe depression. This is compared to the 6% when we talk about the general population. And unfortunately, this doesn't necessarily mean that researchers' mental health automatically improves after PhD studies right? Somebody has to talk about this. So why not you? If you're a PhD or a postdoc researcher, maybe you can get involved in the newsletters and journals geared towards students or junior scholars. If you're a more senior researcher or faculty member, maybe you can advocate for mental health uh, in platforms geared towards senior academics. So, that was number one, volunteering. Number two, share your story. If volunteering in a nonprofit organization is not the uh, way for you, 
you can find uh, another way to be a part of the solution. Especially if you have experienced mental health issues as an academic. Sharing your story is one of the biggest contributions you can make. We need role models. And as role models, the last thing we need is another person coming across as perfect. We don't need another academic who's doing everything perfectly. Research, teaching, supervising, parenting, community service, volunteering, mentoring, exercising, cooking, cleaning, vacationing, so on and so forth. There is no such person. This perfect person does not exist. So we need to see the real lives of real people with real problems. And mental health is a real problem for so many people. So sharing your story, if you have lived experience with mental health, is so important. And you can share your story in many ways. In your institute, you can give an open seminar. If you're mentoring people inside or outside of academia, you can make it a point to raise awareness with regard to mental health. You can even use humor and talk about it in, let's say, stand-up comedy. Or you can present your so-called fuck-up stories in platforms such as fuck-up nights. And another platform I know of is the Voices of Academia, whose mission is to improve mental health and wellness in academia by giving academics a voice. And Voices of Academia started as a blog for academics to write about their mental health related experiences. And there are so many contributors, pages and pages of testimonies. And the beautiful thing is, some of them prefer to stay anonymous, but can still share their story via this platform. And Voices of Academia also has a podcast where different people take over the microphone to share their experience and knowledge around mental health in academia. So how can you volunteer with them? Well, just write your story or cover mental health-related developments in academia. And if you still want to stay anonymous, write online anonymously. In Voices Academia, for instance, you can contribute without sharing your name openly. You don't have to openly share your whole life story to make a difference. However, though, keep in mind that there's something magical about quote-unquote, coming out with your story, especially when it comes to mental health or burnout. And if you're afraid to do this, try to investigate within yourself what you're afraid of. See, fear is not a fact. Fear is not an objective experience that is experienced the same way across humanity. Fear is an emotion and it is subjective. You can choose what to do with your fear. You can choose to not take fear as your anchor. You can even choose what to be afraid of and what not to be afraid of. 
So don't forget that fear on its own does not have any moral value or any power on your actions. You can still feel the fear and share your story for the sake of your colleagues, for the sake of everyone in academia, for the sake of science, because the world needs us. The world needs science. So sharing your story was number two. Let's talk about number three, which is taking care of others. See, you don't have to go out of your way to volunteer or write or activate people at a large scale. Taking care of others here and now is as important as raising awareness or changing policies. You know how sneaky mental health issues are. No matter how much we are suffering, most of us don't talk about mental health struggles. Did you know that, on average, it takes 7 to 10 years for someone to ask for professional help after the onset of mental health symptoms? It's crazy! And this period of time can stretch to several decades, depending on which country you are and what kind of mental health problem you are dealing with. And considering such a huge delay in diagnosis and treatment for so many people around their mental health, you can assume that you know at least several people who are silently but deeply suffering. The simplest way to become a part of the solution is taking care of these people, taking care of others, asking people how they are doing, being a confidant to the ones who are suffering. Because some of us don't even know that what we are going through is a mental health disorder. So one thing that you can do today is simply ask a colleague or a mentee of yours how are you really doing these days? How are you feeling? That's it. So taking care of others was number three. And finally, number four, get help. If you are struggling, get help. This is the most important thing you can do. Now, you may ask, how is getting help relevant to being part of the solution? Well, glad you asked. As human beings, we are all connected. We are no islands who are completely independent and self-sufficient. And, you know, anyway, being completely independent and self-sufficient is a lie. You need other people. You have to rely on others. Human beings are not made to take on life on their own. You need others and others need you. And mental health struggles look like individual problems. Just some cases here and there who seem to be, you know, not managing life well enough. This is completely wrong. As I mentioned, several times since the beginning of this podcast, we are going through a mental health pandemic. And this is not 
an individual issue. This is a societal issue, not on a community level or nation level even, but on a global level. So don't think that you're the only one going through this stuff. And if you're struggling, ask for help. Talk about it. Bring it up. There is nothing to be ashamed of. And you, by letting yourself off the hook and asking for professional help just because you deserve true well-being, will, uh, you will pave the way for so many others asking for the help they need. You taking steps to heal yourself with the help of others, do the same. Even if you don't know who they are and what they are going through, others will do the same. You becoming someone who is truly convinced of your worth and deservingness will impact everyone else you come across, day in and day out, because this conviction of you deserving to be happy and healthy and well will shine through you from the way you walk, from the way you talk, from the way you take care of yourself. By healing yourself, you will become an example to so many others. So that's why it is so important to get help if you want to do something for others at a larger scale. So if you have a mental illness, go to a psychologist or a psychiatrist. What do I mean by mental illness? Clinical depression, anxiety disorders, all kinds of neurosis or psychosis or schizophrenia, personality disorders, etc. These are serious mental illnesses and you should definitely seek help from a licensed mental health professional. If you are experiencing suicidal ideation, you also need to see such a mental health professional. If you don't have a mental illness, but you're not doing well and suffering from chronic stress, worry, low self-esteem, low self-confidence, imposter syndrome, guilt, shame, and the like, a mindset and mental well-being coach can help enormously. If you do reach out to a coach, make sure that they do have a basic understanding of mental health, stress physiology, and stress psychology. Even better if they're also trauma-informed. And if you're burnt out, definitely seek help. Burnout untreated invites mental health problems such as depression and anxiety. In short, don't wait until things resolve themselves. They rarely do. Err on the side of caution. So, dear listener, to summarize what I've been talking about all this time, Number one, volunteer. Number two, share your story. Number three, help others, take care of others. And number four, take care of yourself. These are simply some suggestions for you to be a part of the solution of this mental health uh, pandemic we are struggling with right now and burnout pandemic as well. So I'll leave you here and talk to you next time.
Bye. I hope you enjoyed listening. If you did, be sure to follow Mind Your Own Revisions on social media and subscribe to my newsletter at mindyourownrevisions.com for weekly nuggets on well-being. Please also review this podcast on iTunes so that other academics can also find it. Until next time, bye.